People always say, why doesn't she just leave? And Absolutely. I, and actually, when I go out and talk with people, that's one of the things that we always talk about. Because I've said it. We've all said it. We've all said oh, at yeah. one point in our life, we've said, well, I wouldn't put up with that. <laughs> right. You know, that wouldn't be me. <laughs> well, you know, I always say it's easy to armchair quarterback. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. And thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders and influencers in our community. Today, we're talking with Vicki Hilty and Deb Bordson with Domestic Violence Services, Snohomish County. They provide comprehensive service for victims of domestic violence and their children by facilitating social change. I love that so much. And welcome. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us, Lori. Yeah, really tell us it. tell us about what you do, and I know we're going to get into some deep things, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, basically, I can tell you that Domestic Violence Services in Homish County has been around since 1976. We started, um, as a lot of places did, with homes, safe homes is what they would call them, where people could just go and stay in someone's house. And of course, today we look at that and think, that's doesn't sound too safe. But at the time, that was really where it things began. Mm-hmm. So uh, shortly after that, we actually, around the same time as most uh, shelters were built throughout the United States, so was the one in Snohomish County. And so we had an old, beautiful home that was actually, we have pictures of this. The land was donated by the city of Everett. The house was donated to us by the county. It was an old country house that they literally lifted and wheeled in oh my into place and brought it. So it went down the road, uh-huh. uh, this old house, you know, rackety, rackety. Oh, crazy. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Just absolutely crazy. We had 15 beds wow. in that shelter. We had that established for many, many, many a year. And our turnaway numbers were absolutely outrageous, topping over 1,500 uh, a year uh, that we weren't able to help. We wow. knew then we were going to have to do something. So sure enough, we did go in, made a decision to have a capital campaign. Seven years ago, we've been in the new property and uh, took us a long time. We, you know, we actually spent five to seven years in that planning process and then the property and getting things all ready. Yeah. But the great news is we opened the building, it was all paid for, we have no mortgage. Yay. Oh, that is so great. Absolutely. And we've grown from 15 beds to 52 beds. So mm-hmm. that's kind of that side of things. And then we offer a multitude of other services besides shelter. We have legal advocacy where we can help navigate the system with people. We're not attorneys, don't profess to be. But we can certainly help people understand what they're going through and help direct them and navigate them through a confusing system on a good day. Then we also have a very robust housing department, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm very proud of. And When you uh, say housing, so mm-hmm. different than the shelter, you get people into housing? Correct. Oh, that's yeah, fabulous. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, it's a real gift. It's the number one reason people stay is mm-hmm. that they have nowhere to go. When we uh, first moved to our new facility, we were had about oh, 13,000 bed nights, and now we're up to 38,000 bed nights. So you, do you also have groups? We have support groups. They're scattered throughout the county. We also are doing a lot of prevention work. So we have two full-time staff right now. We'll be hiring a third by the end of this year. And our goal is to have a fourth person in place in two more years. So it's really the work that we want to start pressing forward mm-hmm. is the prevention. Uh, we need to end this, and yeah. we're not going to end it by uh, just constantly churning in the same direction we have been. So we're really excited about the prevention piece. Mm -hmm. We're working with uh, small groups in schools 
They've been very successful where the school has identified some young people who oh. they feel may be having some challenges at home. Wonderful. And so it's a very small, intimate group, which mm-hmm. is lovely. And, and uh, they meet during class. And then we also have one of our advocates goes out and she teaches healthy relationship classes. And we taught over 12,000, I think, when it right, Deb? Yeah. 12,000 kids wow. last year throughout the county. So we're reaching lots of young people and sharing good information. Good. And all our programs and services are provided free of charge, which oh. is really important for the schools whose budgets are tight already. Exactly. And they want to do these kinds of educational and prevention programs, but it just can't because of the finances. So for us to come in and offer these programs is really a great idea. Yeah. If somebody is listening and they're like, oh, I think I might need services. Well, the best thing to do is to call the hotline. So okay. um, and with this support line that we have is 24-7. And that's kind of the way we route most everyone is through that line because it's answered, as we said, consistent, consistently. Um, you can talk to them as long as you need to. As Deb mentioned, the services are free, mm-hmm. so it's confidential. You can call in and feel free just to chat. And we get people that call us, Lori, from all types of reasons. Mm-hmm. We have people who are, of course, victims that are going through something. We have family members who call and say, my child is going through this, and I don't know what to do. Oh, yeah. We have employers that call us and say, I think one of our employees is is having an issue. What can I say? Oh. What should I do? How can I... And that's how so can great. I make them change? So yeah. we have to have a conversation <laughs> around that. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's an important area is to route through that hotline. Exactly. And I think for people listening that know of someone, there is a number uh, that it takes a, a person usually an average of seven times, seven times before mm-hmm. they actually leave for good. Right. And can you talk about that? Because people always say, why doesn't she just leave? And Absolutely. I, and actually, when I go out and talk with people, that's one of the things that we always talk about. Because I've said it. We've all said it. We've all said oh, at yeah. one point in our life, we've said, well, I wouldn't put up with that. <laughs> right? I, you know, that wouldn't be me. <laughs> well, you know, I always say it's easy to armchair quarterback. The reason is because abuse of this sort is really, it has so many tentacles. And the abuser really does go for that, diminishing who you are, removing your sense of value, removing your sense of worth, telling you how stupid you are, how lucky you are to be with them because no one else would ever have you around. After long enough and you keep hearing this and hearing this and hearing this, you begin to believe that. They're kind of carrying that. Mm-hmm. There's also the question of where do I go? You know, we talked about our housing program. Yeah. Well, there's, there's some people we can't help, yeah. unfortunately, just because of the regulations and rules we have to live by because of the grants that we receive. Right. They drive the bus. A lot of times people stay because there's nowhere to go. The minute they make that decision, which we all know is the most volatile time. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You're the most vulnerable. Absolutely. The minute they make that decision, where are they going to go? Right. Some people have probably never been allowed to work or if right. they have been allowed to work, they've never been allowed to maintain the money. Mm-hmm. So they may not have ever been allowed to drive a car yeah. because that isolation is really important to keep yeah. you restricted and away from others because you might, A, learn, yeah. you might realize you're not the dum-dum that you're being told that you are. Right. And yeah. so with all those things combined, someone stays in a situation because they really don't know at that point where else to go and they become homeless and they have now have children. Where are you going to put them in the back of your car? Right. And plus they'll threaten, right, to take the children and they've got you so scared. Yeah, Yeah. you think about it as a child. I'm remembering back to six, seven years old. You know, your family is your most important thing and you've got your teddy bear and you've got your friends and your school where you feel 
safe and comfortable and your mom isn't or dad has now taken you away from that home away from your friends away from your family you leave with the clothes on your back you are frightened and mm-hmm. you don't understand why and so that's what we do is we try to offer some um, stability and safety when they come to our shelter we have two uh, advocates uh, that speak directly with the children and oh, work with good. them they're afraid they're going to get their kids taken away if yep. they've got the kids in the car. And CPS has clearly said if they're taken care of, they won't be taken away. And also the school has the McKinney-Vento. Mm-hmm. Most people don't understand that. They think if they go to school, they're going to get their kids taken away. But right. I think people really need to understand that there is help. And the whole thing is that they are isolated. They're afraid to say anything. And when they do, people get people bully them by saying, you need to get out of there, you need yes. to. It becomes a shame game. Mm-hmm. And and unintentionally, you right. know, like we were just saying, I, I truly do not believe that people intentionally are doing that. It's they, out of love, really. Yeah, I think so. And protection, yeah. I think so, because they just so desperately see it and want them to leave, and they don't understand why they don't just jump in the car and take off and, yeah. and leave. And And we really have to rely on people. They know. Exactly. They know. They know the best time to go. Mm-hmm. They And... People plan and they think they make those decisions and we have to rely on them to understand that situation. Like we were saying, the most volatile time is that time when they decide to walk out the door and leave. They need to prepare for that. Right. You you don't want to do that unexpectedly. You really need to safety plan. And that is what's so key important uh, for people to contact that support line that I was telling you about. Oh, Which, by the way, is 1-800-425. Abuse. I will also put that in the show note. You can help them plan if we can support people rather than try to bully them. Because if we if we tell them you've got to get out and we start calling the husband, it's only going to make their life more dangerous. Right? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And when they talk to an advocate, if they've come to shelter and made that big decision, that big step, many times they do go back, and that is one of Mm -hmm. the key components for our staff is to work with them on the safety planning. And what to do in the future. And everyone should know that we're not a three strikes, you're out place. Mm -hmm. We are always there. It doesn't matter if you've been in two times or ten times. I love to hear that. We are always there for you. Yeah. People should know that. Well, it sounds like you really understand the process. The children's advocates that Deb mentioned earlier, they do a beautiful job. When they know moms made the decision to go back, Mm -hmm. they have a conversation with them, too. And uh, often we'll give them their business card. Oh, good. And say, you know, here's some information. If you ever need me, I'm here. You can call me, too. You can reach out, and they safety plan with the kids. If mom and dad end up having a fight, what can you do? How are you going to keep you? How are you going to keep yourself safe? What does that look like? And of course, we all hope that that doesn't happen right. again. I love that because you know, even with a divorce where there's not domestic violence, mm-hmm. the children don't get a say. Single mom, and mm-hmm. so I we worked really hard together, which to make them feel like they had some choices. But when you've got a domestic violence situation. The, the one who's getting away will try to do that, but the other one is not. So you have this wheel here, and people can Google and look it up. It's called Power and Control Wheel. Say somebody's listening, and they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm abused, but... Yeah, this is actually a really good tool. It's what we use a lot in advocacy work. Often, people will come to us, and, and they say, I think I'm in an abusive situation. I'm not really sure. And often, somebody will say, you know what? He's done this, and he's done that, or she has done this, or she has done that. But they haven't ever hit me. Right. Or they hadn't hit me yet. Or they haven't hit the kids. Or, or the kids don't know. Yeah. Which yeah. they do. Absolutely. Yes, they, they will come in often and just say, I'm not really even sure. I, I'm uncomfortable saying that I am because I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So 
we can give people this power and control, Will. It really talks about the aspects of power and control in domestic violence and how that plays out. Mm -hmm. And so we'll often hand that to people and say, take a look at this. Let's read through it. And if you have questions, I'll answer those for you. But let's look at them. So they look at each one of the pieces. They say, do you recognize any of this in your relationship? Almost all the time, people will say, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think I am in a domestic violence situation. Yeah. So it's a really handy little tool. Just some of the topics I can tell you is uh, intimidation, emotional abuse, isolation, which we talked about a minute ago, minimizing, denying, blaming, Mm. uh, using the kids. We talked about that a little bit. Economic abuse, male privilege, treating her like she's a servant. Right. uh, That type of thing. Coercion and threats. Those are just some of those things that are that make up this wheel. And then it goes into a little bit of detail of how that plays out, possibly. Right. How could that look in each one of those categories? And so it's a really handy tool. And as you said, you can Google it and uh, make a downloaded copy. And we always have them, too. When people start to recognize, what is that like? Hard sure. for people to see themselves as being victims. Really a difficult thing. I think it takes a lot of talking through with the advocate. And there's assumption, right, so about abuse? They don't see themselves as the what people think of as... As a right. victim, right? Yeah. True, and it's anybody. It, it doesn't matter, male or female, mm-hmm. uh, highly educated, college graduate, exactly. income levels, income levels. Nothing matters. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. an assumption often yeah. that it's people that are poor. Yeah. It's uh, often is assumed that it's people of color. There's all kinds of miscommunications and misthought yeah. around this, but it happens to everybody. People it, are embarrassed to speak up. That's part yeah. of it too. You're ashamed. Yeah, and part of the power and control wheel is you're being shamed. And it just drives you further and further into the domestic violence, you know, and, and you know, that's why you're afraid to ask for help. So if somebody is listening and they're feeling like, oh, my gosh, they can call that support line mm-hmm. and talk to you about this. They can find out how to get ready mm-hmm. if, if they're going to have to get safety out. planning. And then what else? Uh, resources. And often people will call. They're not ready to go. Right. They may call and say, I realize I'm in this situation, but I'm not ready to go yet. And so the advocate can help them with safety planning, like we talked about. But they can also share with them about resources, places that you can go to that offer different things. I love it that you respect that, that they're not ready, because I think that's so important. It is. Well, they need a safe place. Mm -hmm. And it's not very safe if we're going to shame you or not let you back if you don't do what we think you ought to do. Exactly. We want to honor people and who they are. I know it's It's not just women that are abused. Men are, too. But I think that we have that genuine thing where we want to give people a second chance. We want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Oh, sure. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm crazy. Do you hear that a lot? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and considering, too, that's part of the abuse. Right. So often you're being told you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Gaslighting. Yes. So say more about gaslighting, because we're hearing that a lot. I'm not sure that everybody really knows what that is. And I'm not a real expert on it myself, but it's where you would... You blame everything. So I'm the abuser and I'm blaming you for everything. Yes. Everything from not getting your paycheck on time to not going to the grocery store and getting the right food. Mm -hmm. You're stupid. Really belittling people. Mm -hmm. And that in turn makes that victim just get it's worse and worse and worse. Right. And they can't do anything right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they start to believe it. Totally. If you're literally psychologically beat up every single day, you do start to believe it and you wonder about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, Deb, you said something really great in the beginning about when you start dating this person. Yeah. Well, when I first started at domestic violence service, my grandmother was a survivor 
And I knew something about that, um, have seeing that from a distance. But Vicky um, told me, she goes, well, Deb, the thing you should know is when you go out on a date, you've met this great, for me, a great guy, handsome, tall devil, and you want to go have some fun. Charming. Charming. And he's not going to hit you or tell you that you're a stupid person. And you're not going to go out on a date with that person again. Of course not, I'd said. No, there's no way. It's a matter of time. It takes time for, the, for that control to start coming over and I think that a lot of women, especially, it's like the next thing you know, you're sucked into this relationship. You really liked this guy and you love this guy. And we're taught you want to make love work. Right. You know, you want you don't give up. You do the keep trying. Marriage and trying. is forever. Yes. Marriage is mm-hmm. forever. And you've already been dating him for a year. What would my family, my friends say, what do I tell him? He was abusing me. What? You know, it, yeah. it just it's all that psychological control. So. Yeah. And sometimes they're so charming that if you try to tell your family, they're they like... They don't believe you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. that's for absolutely sure. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. such a nice guy. Right. Mean? She's just a yeah. wonderful person. I can't I believe can't... that. Oh. Right. No. But couldn't you know, be that too... bad. Right. It really couldn't there be that bad. There you go. Bad. A lot of this, too, is wrapped around hope. You know, when we talk to survivors uh, and victims, they have so much hope. This, this was what they really wanted their yeah. life to be. And they have... Often they have children. They have a, they have a home. They... They they want the person that they married. Mm-hmm. They, that's what they want back, and they hope so hard. If I just do this, or if I just yeah. do that, or if I walk on eggshells, or if I did this, then maybe maybe I could have that again. Yeah. And they just bless their heart, hanging on to hope. Yeah. I get that. So it's how really hard. a grieving. Absolutely, and yeah. how difficult to finally have to let that go. Oh, especially if you have to leave everything. If you're the one who yes. has to leave with the kids in a suitcase. Yeah. We always say. Don't ask that question. Why doesn't she just leave? Ask why does she have to stay? Oh, I love that. And really think about that. And the other big question too is why does he hit? Yeah. Or why does she hit? That's the bigger question. Yeah. It's it's really not the other. Uh, Yeah. The other's a. The armchair quarterback. Just talking to you, it just seems like there's so much we just don't understand. Sometimes we don't want to. We don't want to believe this goes on. What is a good response? So a loved one or someone comes up and tells you that they're in the middle of this situation. Exactly. Well, and the you're most, shocked. Yeah. The most important thing is to listen. Mm-hmm. And I believe you. Really? Listen I believe you. Okay. And believe them. Mm-hmm. And say, I believe you. Keep your ears open and your mouth shut. <laughs> Challenge for all of us. Everybody wants to help. And then just listen. Mm. And be that voice of reason. Mm-hmm. And I would always say the best thing to do is refer them to help. So mm-hmm. you can say, you know what? I know that there is a support line that you can call, and it's one four two five two five abuse. And you can call them twenty four seven. You can call them anytime you want to. They're not going to ask your name. It's confidential. It's free. And you can just call and talk to them, and they understand. They have ideas. They mm-hmm. can share. They understand what you're going through. And I'm here for you. That's so great. Yeah. I think where I would lean. Mm-hmm. Lots of dads I run into, and they said, several of them have told me that oh, my, my daughter never told me. She mm-hmm. never told me. And I said, nobody wants to disappoint daddy. Right. Nobody wants to. And they don't want you in the middle of it. Right. And they don't want you making things even worse because you love them. Exactly. And they know that. Yeah. And they're also, like Deb was saying, they're shame. They, mm-hmm. You know, there's just a lot wrapped around it emotionally. That's another reason why we suggest to dads quite often and moms, give us a call. Because mm-hmm. we can talk talk with you through that, too. Because that's just as difficult and just yeah. as heartbreaking. 
mm-hmm. to be the parent sitting on the sideline watching this happen to you. Because you feel so helpless. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing that there's resources, that's absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. When somebody's trying to pull you just one direction, mm-hmm. that's a real control mechanism. Yeah. And real control mechanisms are a real bright flag. Yeah. And the teens should feel free to call that um, support line as well. Good it's to know. Open to absolutely. Anybody. For sure. So oh, I can't believe we're out of time. We have to do this again. <laughs> so the, the couple things I want to wrap up is the power wheel, the power and control wheel, mm-hmm. the phone number. It's one four two five two five abuse. One four two five two five abuse. One four two five two five abuse. Okay, and your webpage. DVS dash snowco s n o c o dot org. DVS dash snowco s n o c o. I can't thank you enough, and I feel like this has really been an education because people really need to know how to respond. And you guys have just addressed it so beautifully. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Get cold for a cause. Hi, I'm Lori with a Sunday morning shout out. We've all heard of Special Olympics and how they make a difference in the life of athletes. Everyone deserves a chance at a happy and purposeful life. Yet children and adults with intellectual disabilities face doubt, barriers, and low expectations. For many, Special Olympics is the only place where they find an opportunity to participate in their communities, develop belief in themselves, and feel like champions. Each day, they empower athletes to shatter stereotypes and exceed their personal bests on and off the playing field. But for every one of the inspiring 19,500 Special Olympics Washington athletes, there are 13 more people waiting for their chance to win. Thanks to the generous donors, sponsors, and benefactors, supporters like you, Special Olympics Washington athletes are inspired to greatness. Your donations today will change the life of an athlete. Plunge Week is coming up, and as per every other nonprofit, it has gone virtual. This is going to be extra fun doing it from home. You could win a trip for two to the 2022 U.S. Games in Florida, round-trip airfare, USA Games tickets, three-night hotel stay, and Disney Park passes. The most funds raised will be chosen by individual as well as Quarren team. Uh, See what we did there. Also, best costume, most unique plunge, most community spirit, best celebrity duet, best peer duet, best splash mob. The 2021 Polar Plunge goal is $350,000. Here's some tips to help you create the perfect plunge video, which will be TikTok this year. Get creative. Here are some ideas to inspire you. You can use a hose or sprinkler, slip and slide, water balloons, cold shower, ice bath, bucket or large bowl, shallow kiddie pool, snowball fight, hug a snowman, cold drink. But here's some don'ts. Don't plunge unsupervised. Don't dive or jump into open water, river, lake, or pond, or stream. Don't use a pool without a lifeguard. Don't plunge in a large body of water, container of water not intended for swimming, or don't submerge into deep snow. 
All that said, you can make a very, very fun TikTok video for the Polar Plunge. To register, just go to polarplungewa.com. Polarplungewa.com. The 2021 Polar Plunge Challenge is an interactive social media event. The annual Special Olympics Washington Polar Plunge is one of the top fundraising events. And while we may be miles apart this year, we can still come together virtually and say to Special Olympic athletes all over the state that we support you. Join participants from across the nation and sign up, splash, and share your plunges online to raise funds and support for children and adults with intellectual disabilities throughout Washington State. Follow Special Olympics Washington on TikTok, Instagram for a chance to duet and form a splash mob with celebrity guests. First, you have to sign up and registration is open for individual or with your quarantine team. Once registered, you start raising donations from friends and families, collect rally and support around your commitment to get cold for a cause and earn an official plunge kit packed with fun props to help make your plunge a memorable one. Capture your perfect plunge on video. You can dunk, soak, dip, or splash as long as you're in cold water. Stay safe and be creative. Once you've created your perfect plunge video, upload it and submit it to Special Olympics. And then you're going to share it, of course, with the hashtag Polar Plunge. For more information, go to polarplungewa.com. Don't miss your chance to plunge and be very creative at it this year in 2021. Remember, you can have a quarantine or you can do it individually. Special Olympics are making a difference in the lives of athletes, and you can make a difference by doing the 2021 Polar Plunge Challenge and raising money for Special Olympics Washington. It is going to be so fun this year. And what if your TikTok Polar Plunge Challenge goes viral? So get cold for a cause. The 2021 Polar Plunge is February the 22nd to the 26th. Registration is open now. Go to polarplungewa.com. Polarplungewa.com and start making a difference and a TikTok video now. And a special edition of Sunday Morning Shout Out. A thank you from the Marine Toys for Tots Foundation. Across this great nation of ours, children were waking up to presents under the tree because of people like you who gave so generously this year. Imagine the joy put on a child's heart, the smiles put on a child's face, and the hope you've given so many children because Santa remembered them. Thanks to the generosity of caring people like you, this extremely tumultuous year, Christmas was saved for countless less fortunate children and their families. The thing about Toys for Tots is it goes on all year. So even in January, you can donate to Toys for Tots for 2021. And although Christmas has passed, you can go to their Christmas Fun Center. Check out all the fun games, mazes, pictures, coloring pages, all kinds of Christmas fun still into the new year. The Marine Toys for Tots Foundation is making a difference. 
in the lives of children. And you can be a part of it, and maybe you already are. Did you know you could actually start your own fundraiser with them? Just go to their webpage, toysfortots.org. And we can start now for 2021 holiday season. Thanks so much for all that you've done, all that you gave, and your generosity, even if it was with a different foundation. We are in a very generous community, and I have loved seeing all the wonderful things that people have done this holiday season. Thank you, bless you, and Happy New Year.